Blog Talk Radio. Quiet, please. Welcome to Rex Sykes Movie Beat Conversations with Filmmakers, where we discuss everything film and television. Here on Movie Beat, you're going to learn what to do and what not to do when it comes to making movies and TV. And we will talk to everyone behind the scenes and in front of the camera. And I'm going to provide you with the information and the guests that you want to have, whether you're a filmmaker or a fan. And so now let's move behind the scenes here at Movie Beat. Uh, my guest today is Mr. Kevin Sorbo. We're going to talk to him in just a moment. He's doing some traveling and, and he's calling in, but uh, we'll talk to him in just a moment. The chat room is open, so you can join us in the chat room. And I hope that if you're listening live, you will invite other people to join us in the chat room as well. If you're listening to this archived, invite other people to listen to the show as well. Spread these shows far and near to all your industry connections, your friends, your family, and, and anyone and everyone you can, because that's how you support my guests who give away uh, lots of information on how to advance your career and make movies and, and get things done uh, faster, cheaper, and uh, and more efficiently um, than ever before. Incredible mentors uh, discuss movie secrets with you at rexsykes.com. That's the official URL for Rex Sykes Movie Beat. It's R E X. S-I-K-E-S dot com. That's my name, and I'm your host, Rex Sykes. And uh, Movie Beat's really designed to be a resource for you. That's why I connect you up with professionals who are making it happen, and all we ask is that you share the show live or archived. All these interviews are also archived at com at the interviews blog. They're also available as podcasts at the iTunes store. And uh, whenever you listen live or archive, please do leave comments uh, during and after the show, live tweet, Facebook, whatever. And also... Rate and review the shows uh, at the uh, iTunes podcast because that helps uh, extend our reach to other filmmakers and other fans who might not otherwise know about this program yet. But with your help, they certainly will. Let me tell you about my guest. He's returning to the show. This is his fourth time with us on Rex Sykes Movie Beat. I'm really glad to have him back. Kevin Sorbo has an enjoyed success on television for over 20 consecutive years, a feat rarely accomplished by an actor. He quickly rose to stardom in the title role of the hit series Hercules, The Legendary Journey. It was an immensely uh, popular five uh, initial two-hour telefilms book in 1993 that resulted in the launch of a weekly series by 1994. He's the most watched man on television in the history of TV. Uh, it's past Baywatch as the most watched TV show in television history. Following the success of Hercules, uh, Kevin went on to star in the lead role as Captain Dylan Hunt in Gene Roddenberry's Andromeda, and the series was based upon writings uh, from the late Star Trek creators' archives, and it debuted as the number one hour show. First-run syndication held that spot through its five-year run from 2000 to 2005. In 97, Kevin made his feature film debut in Universal Studios' Call the Conqueror. And guess what? You know, he's been working steady ever since. He's been a spokesperson for uh, World Fit for Kids since 1997, a nonprofit organization that provides gang, drug, and dropout prevention to teens through mentoring programs. He's worked with over 12,000 12, children in the Los Angeles School District, uh, so be sure to check that out. He is also the author of a book came out in hard copy, I believe, in 2011. It's now available in paperback. It's Kevin Sorbo's True Strength, My Journey from Hercules to Mere Mortal and How Nearly Dying Saved My Life. It's a gripping account of Sorbo's illness and gradual recovery, says the uh, Huffington Post. So you're definitely going to want to read it. It's an excellent book. I've got Kevin on the line. I'm going to say hello to you, Kevin. How are you today? I'm doing my goodness. What, a, what an introduction. <laughs> well, man, you've done it like all. <laughs> and, I, and I also like your music. That's a, a pretty pretty cool little intro music for yourself there as well. Well, I appreciate that. My my daughter created that music, composed it when she was about nine or ten years old, and I've used it ever since. Wow. So, pretty impressive then. 
<laughs> well, thank you very much. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I appreciate that. Oftentimes I get compliments on the music. I'm, I'm very pleased she's a, a creative girl, so I appreciate that. She's now 14 and my son is 10. So, Kevin, um, you're driving right now, so there's a chance that we could we, you're in a car. We could, we could uh, uh, lose you or not, but I'm so glad that you're here. And, it's, um, uh, it's good to be here. Good to be back. Well, it, and it is, and I have in my hand, right in front of me, your your fabulous book. It is it is one incredible journey, and you know, I mean, you when people look at you, you're the picture of health and strength. You're Hercules, my goodness, you know, you're a god <laughs> and play a god on television, and and yet you had some very serious health challenges that uh, that you. Uh, bring forth in this book, and I think everybody should should read it because it's an amazing uh, an amazing journey. Can you tell us a, a bit about it? Well, you know, I, it's um, I, I didn't actually think I was Hercules, but I certainly thought I was in fantastic shape. Um, right. Uh, between seasons five and six on the series, where uh, my doctor discovered a lump on my left shoulder and wanted to do a biopsy on it before he had a chance to do the biopsy on it, the um, Lump, which it turned out to be an aneurysm, decided to uh, act on its own, and it pretty much opened itself up through hundreds of clots into my arm. But three wow. of those clots, unfortunately, went into my brain. I suffered three strokes. So I went from I went from a guy that was probably a better a 38 year old guy in better shape than most guys in their 20s to a guy that was 90 years old within seconds. And it was uh, it was a, it was a it was a tough three years of recovery for me. And you know, thank goodness Universal wanted the show to keep going. But you know, I went from 14 hours a day to one hour a day on the set when I was able to return four months later after going through rehab. I mean, that, I mean, that, you know, again, I you know, say I mean, physical therapy. <laughs> <laughs> but again, I mean, it, you know, it is. I wasn't drinking. I wasn't drinking. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I understand. I understand. But I mean, you know, you. You had been on this series, you said, between five and six, you know, seasons five and six. You'd been in great shape all your life. Uh, you've been working steadily, you know, during the series, and um, that's hard work in and of itself. Then you had this happen. You said four – was it four months before you could return with physical uh, Yeah, I returned. Uh, yeah, I had to drop out of a, a movie I was going to be doing, obviously, and then um, went through uh, months of, of rehab, basically, you know, learned to balance myself again. Uh, I lost ten uh, percent of the vision in both eyes, which have still you know still gone to this day. Um, but I, you know, wow. I got back down on the set. You know, I was working twelve to fourteen hours a day on the set. I was lifting two hours a day, and uh, you know, I was, it was a lifestyle that I actually enjoyed. You know, it, it, it was eighteen hours door to door for me. I was getting four to five hours of sleep a night. And after five years of it, I think my body just said, you know, you can't live your life like this. I don't care how healthy I'm eating or. You know, I'm not a drinker. I'm not a smoker. I, I certainly, I had no obesity problems during the Hercules years. So, um, you know, I was everything opposite of what they look for people who suffer stroke. So it was, um, it, it was, it was mind-boggling to the doctors as well to myself, of course. And you go through all those stages of anger and frustration and just the why me and all that kind of stuff. And uh, it was, it was, it was, it was tough. And get back down to New Zealand where we shot the series to start season six. And I went on the set and very unsteadily went back on the set and went to just one hour a day, just doing one or two quick scenes. And they, they do the rest of the scene, uh, movie uh, episode around me doing old clips of the shows and doing sun casting, bringing in more, obviously more actors that people know. And just to try to keep the series alive, let alone my character alive by making it appear that I was still really around. But it took, it wasn't until season seven, I second up the strokes, so I slowly worked back up to about eight, nine hours a day. But that was the math that I that I did those last two seasons. Well, that I mean, that is absolutely incredible. Now, I, I want to point out because we have it in the chat room, but for the listeners who may not be there, who are listening archived, uh, I'm going to give out two uh, websites. One is kevinsorbo.net. That is k-e-v-i-n-s-o-r-b-o.net. That is your official website, and they can read about you and find out about you there if they don't already know. But the book website is truestrengthbook.com. It's T-R-U-E, strength, S-T-R-E-N-G-T-H, book, B-O-O-O-K.com. And they can find out about the book and maybe order the book from the website. And um, did they did did they make any um, 
uh, I guess diagnosis. I mean, my my ex wife, current ex wife, uh, had an aneurysm in her head that they managed to successfully operate on and, and treat. Uh, but they just they they don't know why she had it other than they thought it could have been congenital or caused by an injury earlier on. Did they offer any explanation as to why you ended up with an aneurysm in your in your your shoulder, your arm, like that? Or no, no, they had no idea. I mean, you know, it it had been there obviously for a very long time because. The last three or four months of season five shooting, I kept getting re- weird pains in my left shoulder. My my fingers and my left hand were getting colder and colder. And, you know, ultimately it's because the aneurysm was spitting off blood clots every once in a while. And it was cutting off uh, the blood flow to those fingers. And uh, it just, you know, they, they said it could have been something from birth. It could have been there forever, a weakness in that artery that just took until that time in my life for it to manifest itself. It could have been uh, just, you know, it could have been from years of lifting weights heavy, uh, could have been stress. I mean, you know, they really don't have a reason why uh, I suffered. You know, why I had it, what it is, what it was. You know, and I, you know, I don't sit there and blame the doctors for that. I mean, it's like they they still call it a practice, right? They don't know everything, so it was. Uh, <laughs> right. You know, it was still still just. It was one of those things that happened, and one of those things that I had to go through all these different stages before to find my acceptance in it. Because you know, how else are you going to live your life? It happened. It happened. That was the card that I was dealt. Uh, certainly, something I didn't want to have happen, but. Uh, you know, I, I go speak at these events a lot um, for the book signings. I speak at uh, neurological institutes. I just spoke at one in Denver. And, you know, a lot of times the first thing I say is I say, I wish I didn't have to be here. And I'm sure a lot of you people wish you didn't have to be here because most of the audience are people that have suffered strokes or heart attacks or cancer or whatever they had, you know. And I, I said, you know, we have to stop looking at ourselves as victims and looking at ourselves as survivors. Uh, and I and I really do appreciate that. And I think I think also I think people really do need to get the book to understand a, a number of things. I mean, here you seem to be riding the crest. You you'd been successful in film and TV. You'd been successful as a model. You know, and and for all those people who go, well, you know, he was lucky. And you know, I mean, you know, you faced a serious <laughs> health challenge. Um, you know that uh, that had very serious consequences for you. And I mean, and you're lucky that. Uh, you didn't lose an arm or that, that, you know, worse didn't happen. Well, I'm going to take that in two parts. To say my career is lucky, I have good arguments for that. I mean, it's like I chose I chose a profession, Rex, as you know, probably one of the most difficult and frustrating and, and, and impossible um, professions to make a, make a full-time career of. Right. And you get involved in it because you have a love for it. You want to do it. To sit there and say, I'm going to go out there and make a lot of money and be successful is one thing. Uh, but the chances of that happening are very, very slim. I'm, I'm a 13-year overnight success. I, I am a product of the uh, free enterprise and a capitalist who certainly believes in hard work will be repaid somewhere down the road. And don't expect that to happen overnight. And you should take all the failures and all the rejections you have in your life and use it as positive uh, reinforcement for you to push on and move on. And that's what I did. Nothing was handed to me. I didn't know a soul when I moved to Hollywood. I didn't know one person when I moved out there. I was just another Midwest guy with a dream, and I went out there like millions of people go out there all the time to pursue that same dream. And most people quit after a very short time because they expect you know to walk into Universal Studios and get a movie right off the bat. It doesn't work that right. way. Right. Now it's very rare you have that drugstore find that you hear back in the old Hollywood days where somebody becomes a starlet because somebody was in the drugstore, some producer, and said, "I'm going to make that babe a star." You know, that doesn't happen too often. So. Uh, you know, it, it was a long road for me to get to where I was. And on the flip side of, you know, the injury that I suffered, yeah, I mean, three strokes to the brain, I could have been killed, certainly, immediately. I could be in a wheelchair the rest of my life. I could have lost my arm. It could have lost, you know, there's so many things that could have happened. But I, the book is because, uh, well, number one, my wife was beating me over the head to, to get it done for years, and she's right. It should have been written a long time ago because strokes happened in 1997. But I guess it was a part of a, uh, you know, the studio kept it quiet for so long. And, uh, you know, I was more afraid of my career going away than people knew. Well, I've kind of proven that point that I finished the last few years of Hercules. I went and did five years of Andromeda, 110 episodes. And then I did, I've done about 40 movies since then. So I've kind of proven that I, I can still work. And I'm very fortunate that that happened. And that's why the book is out there to show people that, you know what, it took me three full years to feel whatever you want to call normal again. Of repercussions. I still have that 10% loss of vision. I still have good headaches. I still have balance issues, but most people wouldn't know about it because I've worked very, very hard in my recovery, and I still work very hard to this day. 
to try to keep myself fit and in shape and work on balance and work on what I can do with my eyes to make my eyes adjust. And, uh, you know, there's nothing easy about what I went through, and that's why the book is there, to, to give people hope, to give people inspiration to move on past the limitations that people set on themselves, doctors, family. Everybody keeps telling us what we can and cannot do. Well, it's up to you, hence the title of the book, your own true strength, and move past those limitations people set on you. And that's really what it's all about. It's, it, it's a book about triumph, and it's not a downer of a book. There's a lot of humor in it. There's a lot of anecdotes, and uh, everybody that's read it has been very complimentary. And Amazon, thank you. We're, we're a five-star rating on Amazon. Uh, for the, you know, you want to go to Amazon.com, you get a good rate on the book. And, um, you know, I, I still got speeches coming up. I've got another one coming up next month in Toronto and another one coming up after that. But, you know, things, it, 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 it's been wonderful to be able to go out and meet people and find out that what you did was an inspiration to them. You know, I, I, I'm so glad that you've, you've addressed so many things in, in the last few moments because, I, 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 again, you know, we, we prefaced it with my comment that, that people thought you were lucky, but it truly is hard work, and you are Definitely one of the hardest working, busiest on the road, on the go people that I know in Hollywood, and uh, yeah, I, I mean it's just amazing. You you do seem to be all over the map with either with uh, you know your work or your or charity or different things that you're doing, your speaking engagements, you, you know your book. I mean, uh, you you do exemplify, you know that if you work hard and you stick with it and you you persevere, even if difficulties come your way or what seem to be insurmountable odds. You know, with that same hard work, dedication, and perseverance that you brought to your career, you know, you, you as you mentioned, you know, you're you're still working on your health challenges, but but you bring that attitude of you know a, accomplishment to what you do. And if more people would embody that, if I would embody that more, I mean, the degree of success that we might have in our in our own lives, whether they're film careers or otherwise, or with our families and our friends and the things that we might do, um, you know, you 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 know, you 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 are a good example. Uh, for for the rest of us to follow, and I and I don't say that lightly, and I don't say that to blow smoke at you, but but truly, in the book, I think is a very important read. There's one other thing I want to mention though, and that is that probably men, maybe more so than women, and I put myself in that all the time. You know, we we something is going wrong, or something doesn't seem quite right, or there seems to be a pain in the shoulder or the arm or something, and we tend to ignore it until it is almost too late. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's 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 more than anything. It's the male ego, you know. Right. I knew something. I knew something horrible was going wrong with me. I knew it, you know. Uh, and once I actually suffered the strokes, I was still in denial. I knew that I'd suffered strokes. I knew I did, and yet I sat on it for a long time before I made the move wow. to finally get to the hospital. And it took it took another episode, uh, another stroke to hit me that uh, my my wife, who was my fiance at the time, um, just grabbed me and took me to the hospital. And, uh, you know, that's when everything, all hell broke loose. And I believed I was going to die that day. There was no doubt in my mind that I was going to die wow. that day. I was, actually sho- I was actually shocked at how calm I was about it. But I, I, I had just, you know, what are you going to do? And um, I knew that my brain was under attack. And I knew that, uh, you know, the, the, the horror of what, that everything that we fear was happening at a, a much younger age than I anticipated. You know, that's. And, and that's another reason the book is out there because, you know, it's the reality that we're all going to hit. The one common denominator that we all have in, in our lives, even though some people are faster and stronger and smarter and all that kind of stuff, the one thing that we have in common is we're all going to die one day. We're all going right. to hit that turn in the road that's going to lead us down, uh, you know, a, a road we weren't prepared for. Well, how do you prepare yourself for it? You really can't until it happens to you. You can't really understand it until it happens to you. I think that's why people get involved in, you know, kidney foundations or strokes or, you know, heart found whatever it may be, is one, it either happens to them or happens to someone they know, and they finally can understand what these different uh, ailments can do to people, and then they get involved in trying to say, look, I'm, yeah, I, I would have never been a guy that jumped on the bandwagon and said, hey, I'm here to, you know, be a spokesperson for people who suffer strokes. Well, now I can be because I know what it's about. I understand it. No, absolutely. But it is, it is, it is, I mean, and, and this is something that I think that, that all of us men need to listen to. I mean, thank God for a good woman like Sam, you know, who insisted that you get to the doctor. Uh, but, you know, and I and I don't want to trivialize, trivialize this, but we don't ask for directions, you know, when we're no. stuck someplace in the car and we don't go to doctors when we should. And, I mean, you know, we think we can handle things or that they aren't as serious as they may be. 
And uh, and fortunately, in, in your case and in, in the case of many others, you know, there's somebody around us that that will go, okay, enough BS here, you're going. Yeah, you need you need that support. You just you just do, and you don't be afraid to ask for it. Like I said, our egos get in the way, and you got to get rid of that because your best way to have any kind of recovery at all is have people around you that are there to to support you and help you. And you know, but you also have to have a positive attitude yourself. You know, you have to get to a point, um, you know, hence the title True Strength, uh, which is sort of a double play because on Hercules, I had a phony strength. You know, I had a bunch of stunt guys making me look like a big stud. So um, (laughs) the the reality is I had to dig down, and I'm a very strong-willed person. I I don't suffer defeat easily, and I will work work very hard to make whatever I'm going after in life a success. And that was the same thing for my recovery. And I realized that I had to push and push and push and, and um, find my own true strength within myself to get past the fears and the anxiety and the frustrations that I was feeling during, the, during those times. Well, one of the things, I mean, I've gotten to know you over the years, and I really appreciate it. And I think anybody that knows you knows you, you, you shoot from the hip. You're a direct person. You speak the truth. You don't, you don't sugarcoat. I mean, you can be tactful, but you, 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 you tell it like it is. And and you're just one heck of a really nice guy. <laughs> and everybody well, I know who knows you thinks you're just truly a really nice guy. Oh, thanks. Appreciate it. It's, it's a Midwest thing, I'll say. You know? so, <laughs> it was uh, my mom and dad, certainly. And uh, uh, it was, you know, it was, I was very fortunate the way I grew up. My father was a school teacher, and we didn't have any money, obviously. I'm a teacher's salary. I'm the fourth of five kids. Um, I remember, you know, hand-me-downs from my brothers for clothes and powdered eggs and powdered milk and all different things. But, you know, we, there was never a shortage of, of support and love in uh, the, the neighborhood I lived in and the community and the sports I was involved with, the coaches and teachers I had. I was very fortunate. I had a very big, strong safety net underneath me as a kid growing up. And I, I learned um, a lot of a lot of positive things. And, uh, you know, one thing um, my father certainly taught me was to never give up, you know, never Never let, uh, you know, whatever you wanted in your life is really just follow your dreams. And I, I, I believe in that. As corny as that sounds, anybody can be anything they want to be. The trouble is most people, the vast majority of people in this country, uh, we spend a lot of time with the blame game. We blame other people for our failures. We blame other people for, well, my dream didn't come true and it has to be somebody else's fault. It certainly wasn't mine. And uh, I always refer to Michael Jackson's song, The Man in the Mirror. I mean, that's where you got to look because that's where it starts. And people would be a lot better off in their lives if they stopped uh, pointing fingers and putting uh, their their failures and their lack of responsibility in other people. It's up to you. You can make a difference in your life. What holds them back is their own fear, is their own fear of failure. That's what holds people back all the time. And that's what I try to teach the kids in my my foundation, the 12,000 kids we work with every year, is to not let, once again, don't let other people set your limitations. Don't blame other people. You can do what you want to do, and anything worthwhile is going to be hard work. Quit looking for handouts. Quit looking for the easy way out, because all it's going to do is to make you more frustrated in life. You know that again is stellar, stellar advice. And uh, you know, uh, people, myself, everyone—I mean, all of my listeners and everybody that, that's within earshot—you know—should recognize that you know, if you do want to make something happen, you need to be responsible, as you suggest, and accountable. I think that one of the things that's happened today and without getting you know too broad in the subject, is people don't take much accountability anymore. They don't go, well, I screwed up, or it was my fault, or I could do it differently, and I didn't yet, so now I'm going to try it a different way, as opposed to the blame game, as you mentioned. And I think that, that, uh, that, that you know, we, we tend to be maybe a slightly weaker uh, group. I, I um, Raising my children, I know I face this every day that, that some people say, well, you know, if you do everything for your kids, you know, you love them and you support them and all that, but then they don't learn how to do it for themselves either. And so it's learning that balance of how did they become accountable for where they are, even at a young age. And at the same time, you show them the love and support, you know, that you want to do and the nurturing that they have. I mean, it, it's all very delicate, <laughs> you know, in terms of, well, you of need- how – go ahead. They, no, they need, you know, everyone needs a little tough love, you know? Yep. I, I always referred much to my dad as, you know, as his, as sort of like soft thunder, you know? <laughs> was, uh-huh. He was he was a very uh, gentle man. He just he just passed away recently. We actually just had his funeral for him yesterday, which is it's a very sad day. And um, mm-hmm. But, you know, he, he, he definitely, um, you know, he, he dealt out spankings, trust me. 
and we, we, we deserve most of them, I would say, too. So, um, you know, there, there was there was a uh, there was an iron fist with him. At the same time, he was a very very uh, soft spoken, gentle guy. So I don't I don't have those those daddy issues that uh, some of the people I know have out there. And right. uh, I was very fortunate to have, like I said, very supportive parents. Uh, that's very cool. And again, and sorry, you know, for your loss. And I know you're traveling back from well, thank the you. from the funeral. Uh, let me just take a moment and say that you're listening to Kevin Sorbo, and Kevin has a new book out. Well, it's actually a book that was in hardcover. It's now out in paperback called True Strength, and the subtitle is My Journey from Hercules to Mere Mortal and How Nearly Dying Saved My Life. And, again, it's True Strength by Kevin Sorbo. It's available on Amazon. It's also available at truestrengthbook.com, truestrengthbook.com. And Kevin's website is Kevin Sorbo. Dot net and so uh, do yourself a favor get Kevin's book and and read it and uh, and also visit his websites and and, and check into what uh, what he has to say and uh, you you you'll be pleased uh, you truly will be pleased it is it is an amazing uh, journey uh, that you take us on in the book Kevin um, I want to I want to take a moment here to to talk a little bit and I'm going to just completely change the topic but I want to say that the the last time I I called you a while ago. I had hoped to see you in Los Angeles, and you said, you know, I'm busy shooting a movie. I don't think it's going to work out. Uh, you know, I'm off on the set. I'm on location. We're never going to – we won't meet ne- next time, Rex, next time. And I'm like, okay, okay. And uh, during this time, I was scheduled to go visit a friend of mine who was directing a, a, a western out in Simi Valley. And, you know, he said, we're there for two weeks. Come any time. And I said, well, okay. And I tried to figure out what my schedule would be, and I finally picked a day and said uh, – I think I can make it this day. And he said, well, great, great. Well, once you get up there, we'll take you from, you know, from where you get up to base camp and, and just come on in. And so I'm walking up from, they've dropped me off, and I'm walking up, and I hear Rex, and I hear Rex, and I can't figure out who's calling me, and I and I don't know what's going on. And I look up, and I see Video Village, and, and David Cass Sr. is a, a man I worked with 30 years ago or more uh, in movies, and uh, he's yelling, Rex, Rex, get up here. And so I get up, and I have this just, fabulous welcome and i'm looking at the monitors and the and the monitors are dark i mean the scene that's being shot is inside you know a a a building and i can't quite make out who the actors are but i'm looking and i keep going you know i i think i know this person who is that who who could that be you know because i and then i hear you someone speak and i go is that kevin and he goes kevin sorbo why you know him and i go yeah and he goes all right he walks off and I'm sitting there, and the next moment later, I hear from around the room, Sykes! <laughs> and I walk out, and there you and Dave are walking out. And out of all of the movie sets in all of, of Los Angeles, the one that I end up on is the one that you were working. And, I know. Uh, isn't that weird? It's pretty, it's pretty <laughs> funny. Before I forget, though, we'll get that story. I want to make sure if people want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at KSORBS. So it's oh, K- yes, yes. S-O-R-B-S. Somebody took Kevin Sorbo and Kay Sorbo. I don't know why people steal my name, but they did. So Sorbs was my nickname growing up. My best friends back in Minnesota still call me that. So it's at Kay Sorbs, or they can follow me on Facebook, which a lot of people stole my name there, too. So you have to go to the official fan book page of Kevin Sorbo. You have to get an all that to even find where I am. So I just want to make sure people do want to follow me, you can go there. I'm very glad you mentioned it. When I when I uh, tweet about the show, I included Kay Sorbs in some of the tweets so that that people would Love know. That. But I'm glad you. that you mentioned it. And the, the Facebook has always been an issue because there are like a dozen <laughs> Sorbos on there. Wait, so the we're going to do it. But anyway, back to the movie. It's called Shadow and the Mace. It was supposed to air this summer, but they had to reshoot some scenes. So now they've actually pushed it. I don't think it's going to air until next spring, which is unfortunate. Oh, um, yeah. But I'm in there with it's Gail O'Grady stars in it and yep. uh, Greg Evagon. And um, it was gr- it was fun. It was a different kind of Western movie. You know, I... It, it, it's weird now to have to start playing some of the little bit of older roles, you know. So um, to play the father of like a, like a 25 year old, because uh, I still think I'm young, but you know, yeah, I'm getting up there. So it's um, uh, it, it was different, but I, in, but I never rode. I mean, the other westerns I've shot with with David Cass before, I got to ride horses, and this one, I I had to be in crutches the whole time because the guy um, that we don't see what happens before the movie starts, he gets. He gets crushed by a horse that he's uh, been trying to break in, and um, David Cass is just a, a great, a great 
you know, old soul of Hollywood. He's been around forever. He used to be a stunt double for John yep. Wayne and Robert Mitchum, and he's just got a huge history behind him. And you know, uh, you know, you know him. He's just a grizzled old yeah. vet on the set, and he just barks out orders to people. But you, you can't help but smile because you know that he loves everybody he's working with, and he loves the industry. He's just a great guy to work with. Yeah, I had I had a fabulous day there. I was I was actually quite sad because I was going to leave. I think the following Tuesday, and I was like. Boy, if I could have worked this out, I would have come in much earlier and tried to come back, you know, before before they before you wrapped out because it was it was marvelous being there and so many cool crew people and and sons of famous people, working crew and things like that. I mean, I, I had a marvelous time. You were very gracious and busy, you know, and but uh, it was uh, it was a delight to be there and to see Dave. Uh, Dave Dave was a stunt coordinator and, and actor on a, one of the films that we did. Uh, back in 1980 or something like that, and uh, and so I mean, oh my God, you've known him a long time, then. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And uh, I think it was 1980 or 77 or something like that. Uh, maybe it came out in 80. But yeah, we've known each other quite some time, and he, and he's he's a very good guy. And I told him I will follow you and anywhere. He, and, he, and he's smart too, though. You know, he knows. I mean, he knows everything on the set. I mean, there's not a panic issue with him on the set. He knows what he wants. He knows what the camera setups want to be. He's he's very prepared. He uh, comes up with very creative shots. I mean, the movie that we shot, um, The Shadow in the Maze of the Western, is on, it's a Hallmark movie. And, you know, the Hallmark, like anybody else, has been affected by the economy. You know, they used to give us five weeks to shoot these movies. And now uh-huh. they give anywhere between two to four weeks now. You know, and it's it's like, wow. But they still want as much production value as a five-week movie looks like. You know, they, I shot a movie for him two years ago called The Santa Suit, and they gave us 11 days to shoot this 110-page script. It was insane. You know, That's and uh, we and we did it, and it actually turned out okay, and it's been, uh, Hallmark aired it like 20 times last Christmas, and I know they got on their list to air it again, so it's, um, I get a lot of compliments on that one, it, but it was like, wow. It's, it, you, you really wish you'd have the time to shoot the things you want to, but it doesn't work out that way. Can we can we talk about that for just a second? The difference between you know having five weeks and now having you know two you know less than two weeks or two weeks. Um, what kind of pressure? What what does that do so that the listeners out there who are thinking either of scheduling their films or working in films or working as an actor? What how does how does how does it change? What 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 happens when uh, a shoot a schedule is compressed like that? How do how do they pull well, it off? It's pressure on both sides of the camera. I mean it's. You know, all of a sudden, if you go from a five-week shoot and they say, oh, by the way, we're only going to give you two weeks to shoot that now. Uh, for one thing, you know, on, on the actor side, uh, you know, you like you like times to you like t- times to to prep, you like times to prepare, you like times to let alone memorize and get the memorization out of the way and really get into what the scene's supposed to be all about. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm an actor that likes to ad lib every once in a while. I'm an actor that likes to bring my ideas in the set and do my little friendly battles with directors about shots and setups of shots and what I think needs to be covered and what doesn't need to be covered. Uh, not in a jerky way, but, you know, I've, I've, I've paid my dues. I've been around the business a long time. It's actually, I'm on over 25 years now. That's an older bio you got there. Right, of, right. Of, of, of working in the industry and uh, uh, over 30 years being a SAG member, you know. So um, I'm very, I've, I've had, you know, I've been on enough sets that I understand how they work and what goes on and, then you look at what the the, the uh, DP's got, the director of photography, and the, the time elements, because they, they want to be able to set up shots too. All of a sudden, he's got to work twice or three times faster than he wants to work to make the shot look the way. I mean, everybody's got to fight in their work, and they should. And you know, the, the, everything from the lighting to the to the grips to the to the hair and makeup people that all of a sudden don't have the prep time that they normally get. Because usually when they're set, you know, they know what their week's going to look like, and they got to start looking at the weeks ahead of time if they got to make wigs that they got to make, you know, the, the different cuts and bruises and all that. Everybody's got to work so much faster. It just puts pressure on people. And, you know, days that you think are going to be 12 hours long end up being 18 hours long. I mean, it's exhausting for people. It's just, it, you're just wiped out. But, you know, it, it's, in, it's interesting. People get involved in this business. This is the only industry in the world that I know of, the making of movies and television commercials, that on both sides of the camera, people involved, are there because they want to be involved. You don't meet people that are makeup artists and say, oh, I fell into this business. I hate this business. I don't want to do it. <laughs> I mean, right. people in people in this industry all want to do it. 
they all want to do what they do. We all have friends that are, whether they're accountants or they're, you know, business guys, whatever, that don't like their jobs and wish they were doing something else. And, you know, I tell people like that, I go, well, then do something else. But once again, fear holds them back. But that's a whole different issue. But Hollywood is a business that people want to be in. They don't sit there and go, I, I hate this, but I'm just doing it because I just need to pay my rent. Because, trust me, it doesn't matter what side of the camera you're on, there are another 20 people waiting in line for your job. Oh, is that the truth? <laughs> yeah. That is absolutely the, true. The, the, the pressure is always there to be performing. And speaking of which, let me take a short break and then come back and let's talk about some of these upcoming movies that you're working on uh, and that you've got coming up. And I'll be right back. We're Just hang with me. Uh, you're listening to Rex Sykes Movie Beat. The official URL is rexsykes.com. It's my name, R-E-X-S-I-K-E-S.com. I encourage you to leave comments during the show. Tweet about the show and about my guests because that helps us uh, bring other listeners in and, and have them join us in the chat room while the show is live. Uh, if it's archived, they get to listen maybe for the first time and they get exposed to my guests and the information and to help them advance their career and, and make a difference in their lives and, and to pursue the movie business in a way that they'd like to through the, the mentorship of, of my professional guests like Kevin and others that, that so freely give of their time and of the information necessary uh, anyway, it's RexSykes.com. All the interviews are there at the interviews blog page. They're all archived. You can listen 24-7. They're also available as podcasts at the uh, iTunes store, so be sure to go there and uh, check those out as well. Download them to your favorite electronic device. There's over 330 more hours of, of programming for you to to uh, listen to. And do rate and review the shows when you do that. So. Uh, you get all this stuff free, so please just uh, share the website and meet these interviews, my guests with others, and uh, and do leave comments. You're listening to Mr. Kevin Sorbo. He has a book out in paperback now called True Strength by Kevin Sorbo. You can get it at Amazon. You can get it at truestrengthbooks.com. His website is kevinsorbo.net. You can follow him on Twitter at ksorbs, K-S-O-R-B-S, at Twitter, so do follow him there, and as well as the official Kevin Sorbo uh, friends page on Facebook, and um, and go take a look at that Kevin Sorbo official Facebook page on Facebook. So we're back with Kevin, and again, Kevin, just let me say thanks for being here today and and um, and traveling back from your dad's, you know, your funeral, and uh, and for talking with our listeners and sharing uh, your experience. Uh, from the past and, and, and the present and, and, and now the future. My pleasure. No problem. And so what uh, what do you have? Uh, you, you, you you said you're going to New Orleans uh, or Baton Rouge. Come, one film is coming up there. And what what else are you doing? What can you tell yeah, us I've about? Got a, I, yeah, I've got a uh, – I leave Saturday for Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Um, and I'm shooting a movie there called God is Not Dead. And it's a uh, faith-based movie. I'm playing a um, university professor who is an atheist, the professor of philosophy. And in my introduction speech to my uh, class on the first day, I get challenged by one of my students to prove the existence of God. He wants to challenge me to a debate. And my character is a little, uh, you know, he's, he's academic, well-spoken, well uh, educated, uh, he, he just looks at this as a chance to. Uh, he, he actually relishes things like this. He's a bit of a jerk, actually. <laughs> so um, there's a debate that goes on between these these uh, two people, students and, and uh, professor, over uh, three classes, three other classes, and it's a it's a very good drama. There's a bunch of other stories going on. It actually reminds me a little bit of the um, of the movie Crash. There's there's a lot of other stories that go on. There's about five stories throughout the movie that, that sort of meet at the end of the movie uh, in one very interesting uh, ending. So it's, it's a well written The same people I did a movie called What If with three years ago, uh, the company out of Scottsdale, Arizona, called Fairfax. And I shot a movie with them earlier this summer in uh, Hammond, Louisiana, which is an hour north of New Orleans. And we did a movie there called The Christmas Angel, which will air on the GMC cable channel on Thanksgiving weekend. And we'll, they'll have other airings during December as well. So I hope people get a chance to watch that if they get themselves at Thanksgiving time and then the mood for the uh, Christmas holiday. It's uh, starring Della Reese and Terry Polo. 
and I know people only Della Reed, certainly from her body of work, but she uh, did touched by an angel for many years with Roma Downey, who I worked with the very first two-hour movie of Hercules back in 1993. Wow. And um, I ended up marrying Mark Burnett, who, ironically, I have a meeting coming up with him uh, after I moved with Mark Burnett's company uh, about a uh, TV series that my, my wife, uh, came up with an idea. She came up with a new TV series for me. So Mark Burnett's very interested in uh, uh, possibly producing our uh, new TV series for me. So all these, all these little weird, uh, you know, degrees of connection going on. It but, is so uh, amazing. And, yeah, and also I also want to give a give a shout out also to Terry Polo. She's also in the movie with me, uh, The Christmas Angel. Terry Polo, people will probably best remember her as Ben Stiller's fiance in the Meet the Parents trilogy. Uh huh. Very cool. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I, go staying ahead. busy, staying busy. No, I'm just staying busy. Just not lucky to keep working. Well, I was you know, I was just about to bring up before before you mentioned it. I was going to say, you know, my my children were off today and they 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 went to school and they're like, well, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm going to, I'm going to have you know an on air talk with Kevin Sorbo and they go, oh, we'll say hello, you know, and they very fondly remember you from the premiere of What If in Illinois. And sure. and we also had Christy Swanson from the movie on the show, and Dallas Jenkins did a number of shows. Uh, it would, when you said that the same company did the movie, was Dallas directing or a different director? Or no, it's a, a different director. Uh, Harold Cronk is his name. He's a Michigan guy um, out of Grand Rapids there, and he um, he was the producer on What If, but he's he's directing this movie. And actually, I got to get up the phone here uh, with you. Uh, uh, not. To, Near future because I have to phone call in with him as well. So, sure, sure. Um, I have all this stuff popping around, you know. And then actually after that movie, I take off for Las Vegas to shoot a, uh, a political thriller there called The Long Side Night, based on the book by Neil Shulman uh, that he wrote in 1979, which is very interesting because it, uh, if you read the book, it applies completely to what's happening in our politics today. It's, it's quite fascinating. And and so you're in Baton Rouge and then in uh, the Las Vegas area? Yep. So I got wow. uh, shooting two movies back-to-back, and uh, so that'll take me up till Christmas time, and i um, got a few things bumping for next year as well. So, yeah, I started my own production company about five years ago, and probably wasn't the best time to start it with the economy the way it was. But, uh, you know, it's, it's been good. It's, I have a lot of connections now. Uh, in the in the distribution world, in the, dis, in the investment world, and you know, really just furthering my own education on the uh, wonderful world of uh, of show business. Do you see yourself? Uh, I mean, you know, you're now a producer. Do you see yourself directing a, a, as much a, in the future, or uh, you prefer staying in front oh, of I, the camera? Oh, I, de- I, de- I definitely want to direct more. I mean, I directed on, on Hercules. That's show, where I yeah. My start and. Um, I do have a movie with a sci-fi channel that I'm supposed to be directing. We're, we're in discussions about that now. and It'll be shooting either in um, Bulgaria or the Philippines. So two, two more opposite places I can't think of right now. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's an ongoing conversation. And everything in Hollywood, as you know, moves at a turtle's pace. <laughs> that is that true? You know, another person who's a friend of mine, who's I believe a friend of yours, at least uh, from what I recall, I believe he, I, I think he directed the pilot of Hercules or one of them, or maybe directed the first show. Is Jack Perez? Well, you remember sure. Jack? Yeah, I know Jack. Jack's great guy. He directed. He directed. Um, he directed uh, uh, the one on one the one hour episode. He didn't see the movie. Okay. The, yeah, the TV show. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, uh, good guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's a very good guy, and he's and he's been busy now directing a, a couple of features. He's got one out called "Some Guy Who Kills Everybody" or "Some Guy Who Kills People," and uh, it's an wow. awesome, awesome dark comedy. I should give um, I should give him a call to say, "Hey, it's been a long time since I talked to him." Yeah, I bet he'd love it. I bet he'd love it. I, I last saw Jack uh, November or February. I mean, he he's very busy going back and forth too. So, uh, as, as 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 you're incredibly busy, so. Um, well, that's 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 very cool. And and how's uh, your wife and kids? How's everybody doing? They're doing great. You know, as I said, my wife, um, she actually she's got a book she already wrote, and uh, I'm not going to talk about that right now because uh, we're in talks with publishers. Cool. And she uh, been working with this this, this showrunner, um, very good writer out of L.A., uh, creating this new series. 
that we hope to get off the ground by next uh, by next fall. I'm, I'm ready to get back on uh, regular television on a regular basis instead of doing all. You know, it's great doing all these movies, but I, I'm kind of ready to stay in one spot. You know, so there's just been a lot of traveling over these last six seven years, and I, I'd like to uh, I'd like to stay at home. But then again, you know, it's nice to keep on working as well. You're assuming that the series would shoot in Los Angeles, right? Um, well, that, that could be a possibility, um, but, it, it, you know, it, wherever it shoots, it shoots, and you hope you get a five- to seven-year run out of it, of course. And, right. Uh, once it's picked up, then, you, you know, you're right where you're at. But, I mean, Vancouver's certainly a possibility where I shot Andromeda, and I uh, uh-huh. I love Vancouver. I loved it up there. I love living up there. I love the lifestyle. It's uh, it's a nice place, great place for family as well. Yeah, no, that's cool. I mean, I, I, didn't, I didn't know that you were – um, willing to, to to locate, but that's very cool. That's that's awesome. Yeah. Sure. Well, we only, you know, I mean, because of your schedule and everything, I mean, technically you've got about 10 minutes left, and um, I, I just want to give you the opportunity to discuss anything that you'd like to discuss and, and or share with listeners. Again, Kevin's book is True Strength, and uh, you're going to want to pick it up. Or you can find it at truestrength.com, uh, truestrengthbook.com, as well as Amazon and other places. Uh, but but uh, if you like celebrities and you like uh, uh, stories, the true stories, and, and stories about people facing challenges and incredible odds and overcoming them, you definitely want to look into Kevin's book. Uh, it, it, it talks about so much more, and, and you're going to like it. And, I, and also, I, I, it's, it's great seeing the, the pictures in there, too, of, of the kids and of you and, and baby Kevin and the whole thing. So that's, that's a, it's a very enjoyable book. Well, you know, it's not necessarily a you know a, a, a total biography of my life. It really just deals with those right. moments leading up to the to the strokes and and what I went through afterwards. Right. And actually, you know, my wife, my 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 mom, uh, some of the people I worked with on the show, my one of my producers, one the the, the DP, uh, you know, I people write little chapters in there too about yes. you know what it was very quickly of, of before and after I came back to the set and uh, the changes that they saw and what they had, what they had to do and what they had to adjust um, in terms of, you know, helping me. And, uh, you know, like I said, it's important when you do suffer uh, things in your life that put you on completely different roads health-wise, it's good to have a, a support team around you. It's good to have people around you that are going to be there to, to, to care and give you, give you a, a chance to have a, have a, Hopefully, have a proper recovery. But once again, it comes down to the individual as well. You have to want it. You have to push for it. You have to want it. Make yourself. Uh, you have to want to make yourself better. That's all it is to it. And this book is about. It is about triumph over tragedy, and it's just it's up to the individual to find their own true strength. That's, that's very cool, and it, and it is. You you, and I'm glad you pointed that out because I had neglected. You've got, you know, from Sam and you know from. Uh, you know other people writing as well uh, it 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 it's a, it's a very fascinating opportunity to look at at a situation like that and 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 you provide a you know a look into um with that well, challenge you know, in your life i i you know the, the so the bug is there and you know i've i've actually kind of putting together notes to write another book right now which would be more of a uh uh more of an insider's look of what hollywood is and what it's all about and uh-huh um you know, uh, hopefully it's, it's a guide to people coming out to Hollywood, uh, you know, just recanting my stories of uh, the failures that I had and, you know, finding the humor in them because you have to find the humor in them. You're going to drive yourself absolutely insane. So um, I, 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 I want to make it, I don't want to make it a boring book. I want to make it informative and funny and entertaining for people to read. So I, I've got a number of titles thrown around in my head right now. I'm not going to say any of them because I don't know what I'm going to land on yet. Right. But uh, you know, it's it's something I've been wanting to write for a long time, and it's the stories that actors that are in the business, obviously living in Los Angeles, living in New York, uh, they they'll be able to go, oh yeah, I know that story. You know, <laughs> I think I think we can all write the same story to some degree. But uh, uh, you know, it's just it's it's just something I want to get out there and let people see what's going on. But um, you know, other than that. I, I've been very fortunate, and I, I still keep working. And uh, you know, luck does play a, a role in it as well. There's no question. You do have to get struck by lightning to uh, to, to make an industry. But I will tell you what, when that luck door opens up, you better be ready for it. You better be prepared for it. You better be professional about it, because uh, Hollywood, as much as as much as 
Hollywood is a city of fools that doesn't suffer fools. It's a very odd dichotomy of what that city is all about and, and how you get how you get an opportunity and a break to show yourself. Because there were a lot of actors, I remember, that in my acting classes that were very talented, very good, never made it anywhere. And they just hung it up and became car salesmen, you know. I mean, that's just part of life. You know, that's a, you know, you make that, it's an excellent point because you really truly only get, you know, one chance to make a first impression. And, uh, yeah. you know, Hollywood, we always said, you know, the idea of being ready. The other thing about Hollywood, and I think I'm, I'm excited now to hear about your, you know, your next book because when you're in Hollywood, you do just, I guess, because of proximity, it's kind of like being in the same canoe. You know, you, you're, and I've told people that. I said, well, the Midwest for me, having relocated to the Midwest is nice and people are polite and friendly. I said, some of my firmest, fastest, and longest and most enduring friendships were forged in Hollywood because we kind of were all going through this same very difficult uh, business together, you know, I mean, and we could understand that, you know, that, the, you know, the ups and downs and ins out where, where uh, it may be the same for people in the insurance business or the car business or something here in the Midwest, but, but I don't have that sense of camaraderie living in the Midwest that I did in, in Hollywood because you do understand the nature, more the nature of the beast and the, the ups and downs and the, and, and how hard it truly, truly, truly is and yeah. and in, in that regard, you know, I, I used to listen to Sam Kinison, you know, rant about the rainbow and go, isn't that the truth? <laughs> it's so uh, true, you know, and or, or comics, you know, amazing, when they talk. It's amazing, it's amazing you just mentioned his name, and I'm on the road right now that he died on, coming back from Las Vegas to Los Angeles. Wow. Well, see, I yeah. knew that. <laughs> yeah. no, but I'm, I'm kidding. But, yeah. No, no, it, but, uh, you know, but, no, but it is. It's, it's, it's a... Um, but misery loves company too. You know, I mean, when I started having success in Hollywood, people I thought were my friends, they started bashing me behind my back, and they got to me. Oh, sure. and, you know, and you kind of go, "Wow!" You know, there's always there's always the jealousies, and yep, there's always you know, why him, why not me? And I go, "Well, maybe because I spent a lot more time hitting the pavement than you did." You know, it's like people do come out there and I go, "Well, look at me, I'm good looking. I should get a movie right away." Well, there's good looks are a dime a dozen for men and women in Hollywood. Trust me. And uh, it's uh, you know you, you've got you've got to get you got to get past that. Does it help? Sure, it helps. But you know it's not all good-looking people that make it in Hollywood. You know they need every actor of every shape and size to fill a right. gap. And you never you never know what that's going to be. So um, it's, it's it's really up to you to keep pushing. But you know I got to get running here, Rex. I Absolutely. Have to now, but I, I appreciate your time and I appreciate this and uh, appreciate all listeners out there uh, tuning in. And I just want. Thank you. Uh, you know, God bless everyone, and uh, let's do it again soon. All right, man. Happy trails to you and Sam and the kids and everyone, and have a great uh, another interview and uh, and get home safe. And I appreciate this so much. Thank you. I will uh, uh, talk to you sometime soon, and 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 be well and take care. All right, Rick. Thank you, sir. Take care. You bet. Mr. Kevin Sorbo, again, fascinating guest. I'm glad that he. Uh, who's taking the time today to to be with us uh, on his trip back to the L.A. area. Uh, Again, you know, sadly, he had lost his father, and and, uh, he still was wanting to do the show and and make it himself available today uh, in spite of burying his dad yesterday. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. I'm certainly willing to reschedule, but I can't tell you how um, Kevin is a trooper. And uh, and and you do you got to read his book True Strength My Journey from Hercules to Mere Mortal and How Nearly Dying Saved My Life by Kevin Sorbo get it and get it today you know I mean do enjoy it I, you you uh, will be impressed I I I, I firmly believe that I want to thank all of my listeners for being here and uh, I've got lots of cool guests coming up in the near future so do stay tuned. Uh, go back to RexSykes.com and go through the archives. Search them and uh, and uh, find the guests that you wish to listen to or go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. Again, over 300 hours of programming. They're professionals sharing their expertise with you, secrets, tips, nuggets, information, uh, must-have, do's and, you know, do's and don'ts that uh, are critical when it comes to uh, pursuing a career in our business, whether in front of or behind the camera. And... Uh, 
you know, without you, I want to say that without you, I mean, this show wouldn't even exist. When I first wanted to do the show, it was because I had lots of friends in Hollywood that I wanted to uh, have people be able to listen to. Because when I was a young person in Hollywood, I kept saying, you know, I wish I had a mentor. I wish I had somebody who'd take me under their wing. I wish I had somebody who showed me the ropes. And it was so much of it was learned by happenstance or by chance or by trial and error, or by uh, success or by massive amounts of failure. And uh, and trying to figure it all out. And I thought, you know, if I can help somebody else and give them a leg up and give them somebody who can point them in the right direction, uh, you know, that would be a wonderful thing. And so I started the show a number of years back uh, in order to bring you into or the listener into uh, that arena where they could at least listen to my guests share their knowledge and their know-how and their ups and their downs and their experiences and and uh, and what it's like to to be a professional in the industry. And so I hope you'll continue to share them, and uh, I appreciate it when you do and when you leave comments at the player, both during the show or before the show or after the show, when you tweet about it, when you put it on Facebook, when you share it to other people, because that's really how we get the word out to other people so that they, too, can take advantage of the opportunity to listen to my guests. I tweet all the time. You know, people go, Rex, why are you tweeting so much? And Are they automated? And the answer is I tweet my guests because my guests have value for the listener, and I want the listener to be able to connect with them. And so I hope you will help me uh, make that connection for people by sharing and by tweeting. And anytime the show is live, certainly you can tweet the comments of my guests, or after the show is off the air, you can tweet and say, hey, I listened to Kevin Sorbo on Rex Sykes Movie Beat. you got to take it out, or I listened to so-and-so. Please take a moment and listen. That always helps. And, and there are so many people who do that, and I appreciate it so much. And there's so many people who email and write or Facebook message me or I get to meet in person and meet up with at festivals and things like that. You know, I, I love you. You guys are all, guys and gals are all really, really incredible. And I appreciate the love and the support and the and everything that you do for the show and for me. Uh Thank you so much, and again, stay tuned. Got lots of great guests coming up. I'm going to be on the road for a couple of weeks and will not be probably doing shows in the first block of November, so go ahead and listen to uh, the archives podcast or RexSykes.com interviews blog and, and check those out, and then we'll be coming back with more live shows and uh, may have a show next week. But the way you find out about this now, because my website is under construction. The Rex Sykes Movie Beat has truly got another parallel site being constructed. It's been under construction for over 18 months, taking an inordinate amount of time. Um, and hopefully we'll be able to launch sometime soon. Uh, so I'm not adding written content very much. Uh, all of the other blog pages and all of the other informational pages are not being uh, increased because I didn't want to have to constantly be moving those that information over, but the interviews is consistent and current. And so um, I forgot what I was going to say, other than go ahead and you know check the information out, and someday it's all going to launch, and there'll be a whole lot more information uh, in, in the written form as well at rexsites.com. So uh, Facebook is the way to find out who my upcoming guests are. It is uh, Rex Sykes Movie Beat on Facebook. Rex Sykes Movie Beat on Facebook. Please, I encourage you to follow, to go and like that page. Um, I always have my guests, upcoming guests, and information shared to that page. Encourage other people to join it as well. Um, there's my personal page, but I can't add any more friends. It's Rex Sykes, my profile page. I also have Serum the Movie page. Uh, we want you to follow that. Serum, S-E-R-U-M, the movie. It's a movie I'm directing, and we're in the business of continuing to make right now. So um, go check that out. You can follow me on Twitter. It's Rex Sykes Movie BT, Rex Sykes Movie BT. I'm on Google+. Plus. I'm also on YouTube at Rex Sykes Movie Beat, and there are videos there. And uh, so I appreciate uh, you checking out these different avenues that we have to be able to connect and to meet up and to uh, stay in touch. And please do stay in touch. And uh, thank you so much for, like I said, supporting the show and for tweeting and retweeting and Facebooking and, and putting the message and the word out there to everyone far and wide. All right, everybody. So with that said, I wish you all the very best until we meet again on the airwaves. Uh, I want to thank my fascinating guest, Mr. Kevin Sorbo, and you, the readers, and especially you, the listeners, since there are more listeners currently than there are readers. Uh, 
coming up in the near uh, of movie week. And again, many exciting guests coming up in the near future, so stay tuned. Keep sharing the website and these interviews with all your friends and your colleagues and your contacts. Uh, become a member of the Facebook Friends page, Rex Sykes Movie Beat. And uh, everyone have a fabulous day. Make your movies, complete your projects, and until we meet the next time, that is a wrap.